This is Chris Raybould, everybody. What's happening? Right Which here. Where are you? You're right this here. Whichever, way. whichever way I am. This way. Yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. It's episode 34 of Pooch and Raybould. Um, thanks for coming on down. Um, it's been a little bit since uh, Chris and I have talked, and uh, he's been super busy. You've been out doing some... You did a gig in Houston, huh? I did. I've been gigging. I'm doing my... Um, some of this, I've got a tagline for it now. I call it House of Worship Audio System and Mix Optimization. Oh. That's what we're calling. Which is a oh. fancy way. It's a fancy way of saying on-site consulting. Like let's see what <laughs> let's see what you got. Let's see where we can take it and then go from there. Yeah. So well, but. thank goodness for the worship market, because uh, we are uh, both of us getting some opportunities to um, you know, try to help people in the worship market um make their mixes sound better and their systems sound better. Um so yeah. Um, let's they're the ones, they're the lucky ones. They're the ones working right now, you know. I know, right? You know, and they they seemed to be it seemed like it hasn't changed much they had to do some broadcast streaming but um at least around here in texas you know they're back to regular services like people are showing up um yeah so uh yeah good for them man having some opportunities absolutely um, i've seen some stuff around the web of some people getting you know stuff here and there uh there's some drive-in stuff and some um, you know, broadcast things, um, mm -hmm. people are doing that. Um, yeah. Uh, so how was your consulting thing? How was it? This particular one was great. And I've done a few, this one was great. Shout out to my buddy BK beard and John Mahoney out there. BK is actually with the church where I was at in Houston. Uh, it was great, man. It was great because we were essentially in the old compact center, you know, oh, it was cool. an arena only that's yeah, right. been out dolled up to be, you know, Right. I don't want to say audio perfect, but it's pretty dang good. Uh, and it was cool. It was good. Real gear, real big system. Hadn't had a 20 box side rig in quite a while. Maybe not in all of 2020. Now that I think about it. Did it so sound we, really loud to you? That's what I'm, I'm concerned about when I go back I, to it. We've talked about that. You know what? I got to be honest. Even when I go do stuff, or there's another church here you know, that I talk about all the time yeah. I mix with. I feel myself getting loud. I have a feeling you'll be louder before you know it. Like it's <laughs> kind of like riding a bike. Yeah, and that was yeah. a big thing of, of some of the, what we were doing there. As I was working up a mix, uh, you know, I would just be like, guys, I realize this is a little excessive right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I realize I'm going to take it where I usually take it, and then yeah. we'll see where it really needs to sit, you know. So, yeah, there's some of that. It's more like just when you're hearing, you know, the big gnarly reflections and stuff. That's, that's more of the troublesome thing because you're like, oh, those don't exist in front of my near fields, you know. Yeah. It's like that's more the reality of it. So, but it was a good time. I had a great Did time. You, was there a real band there or were you doing playback tracks? Real we, band? we, we worked on, I personally worked on playback of the tracks, but we were fortunate that they do a couple tapings there a week. So I was able to see it translate actually with a couple different bands with each taping. So it was like, Hey, let's work on tracks. Cool. The band's coming in tomorrow or the next day. Now let's see what happens. Okay, great. It translates, which just goes to show you and I've talked about it before where some people are really resistant to playback as though it's yeah. not the same source. And I'm like, no, it is the same source. It is. To, exactly to the one the to the one and the zero, it is the exact same source. Now what might not what might not be happening is the stage volume, but that source is the exact same. And sure shit, 
we pulled it up and guess yep. what translated one to one because it's the same thing exactly you know? and especially in house of worship you have usually they have good stage volume right they're trying yes. to not blow a bunch of stuff into the first couple of rows which happen to be the people in charge um right. so uh usually you know in my experience virtual playback in house of worship is like exactly what uh -huh. you're gonna get when you know the guitar people um i've been to a bunch of places recently where even guitar amps like weren't even on the stage they were in some weird room mm -hmm. um you know or um you know people guys using kempers and you know i mean it's it's man virtual playback is the tool man that's it that's is the way it is the tool in fact when people call and uh, we'll be talking and i'll be loud I'll, I'll just start talking and giving them the spiel and i'll be like well, you are tracking right like because yeah. if they're not we can still do it of course but it won't be the same no you, know? you can't get nuanced with it at all right. you can't get to into the details no. you get the big picture but you can't get the details um true how was, so, you know, I did a bunch of consulting and, um, always, at least around here in Dallas, it's like, there's four guitar players. Like, yeah. why is it the decision <laughs> to always have four guitar players in the house? Right. I don't I know. That feels like, that feels like country music too, where it's like, do we really need all of these and two acoustics? You know, um, this particular setup was not, it was like, I was surprised. It was very, I did a couple churches actually. I did, we did Lakewood and Houston. And then we did, um, I think it was first church in Pearland. And, um, you know, one had, they didn't, neither of them, both of them actually only had one guitar, which I too was surprised because I have found that more times than not that there was a lot. However, one had six vocalists and the other had 10, Oh my you know? Goodness. So, and, uh, and so there's, there's that, you know, we talk on here a lot about opening up that vocal mic and everything going to shit, let alone when it's that times 10. <laughs> then it's you know? 10 of them. So yeah. that was the, that was the challenge on all of those. But surprisingly, uh, everybody sang really, really well. Everybody was on mic. So the oh, bleed good. was like minimal, you know, good. it was so refreshing to see. I kept waiting to pull one up that wasn't that. And it just never right. happened. Yeah, yeah. So it was really cool. You know, that's awesome. You know, um, so all you guys out there, that's the best case scenario is when people are all on their mics, you know, in house of worship for me, um, the nine times out of 10, the, that's where you're going to find me speaking to a lot of musicians. Cause oftentimes in house of worship, you know, there's some guys that are, you know, volunteers or, you know, they got, they auditioned for the part, but they're not really musicians. You know, they're, they, during the week, they do some mm -hmm. other job, you know, um, mm -hmm. and maybe not have been taught well. And so I find myself with house of worship often on stage, you know, watching, a run through and then going instead of talking to the mixer about what's happening with his mix mm -hmm. immediately going to the stage and say hey come here with me we need to go talk to some people because you know vocalist one three and eight um are you know doing this stuff yes right um so uh and you know we've talked in a lot of these videos about how to handle that and how to be nice and how to be respectful mm -hmm. um, and do that well. But um, you know you got to do that when that stuff's happening. You have to, you know, no matter you you could have fourteen plugins on an input as someone that's holding a microphone way out here, and mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't matter. Uh, I tell vocalists all the time, uh, not all the time. Let me rephrase that. When I have the opportunity to, and when I feel like I can say this, yeah. I'll say them if they're, so I'll say to them, if they're a person who doesn't have good vocal mic technique, I'm like, you, you know, right now you don't own that input. You, you, are, you have a timeshare 
with a number of other things going on in that input, but it's not you. Like you don't even have 51% ownership of what the signal is in there. You're just a fraction of a bunch of noise that's going on, you know, hopefully if I say it the right way, they take it the right way. And they, you know, it's kind of a challenge. It's like own that thing, you know, make that yours, you know? Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, know who you're speaking to. Like I said, if you're speaking to uh, a volunteer and someone that really doesn't even know, they may not even know that that's the correct thing to do with a microphone, you know? And so when I am coming upon someone like that, where I go, maybe they don't even know, you know, the conversation is completely different, which is an explanation. Why, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, you know, right. the microphone closer, listen to, you know, anyway, whatever it's a yeah. long conversation, but it's, um, it's something that you have to have and something you have to do. Um, yep. so, uh, you know, not necessarily this weekend or whatever the last week that you were doing your thing, but I've noticed, um, I, you know, people hire both of us for consulting and send us mixes. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a lot of people send me mixes and hire me to consult, to talk about what their mix sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, what I've noticed is even with all of this technology, um, a lot of the mixes that I get, there's some sort of disconnect that's happening um, in the overall big picture. So, for instance, I'll get a mix and like the drums will sound great. The bass guitar will sound great. The guitar sound great. The vocal sounds pretty good. But all together, mm-hmm. there's no glue to it at all. It feels really disconnected. Um, and my... I always try to tell people that what's coming out of your con, despite the fact that we're doing live, what's coming out of your console should sound like a record. And so some people, there are a lot of live guys out there that are kind of missing that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know, maybe we can talk about that a little bit and like, what are some tips that you give to guys when you hear a mix like that? Like what, what do you tell someone when you hear, Great sound, individual sounds sound great, but nothing like is glued together. Um, mm-hmm. what, what's what are some mm-hmm. what are some things that you tell people when you see well, and hear that? It's funny because when I, as you're saying it, my thought is if I'm if I'm conveying that to someone, I know what they want to hear. After I say, however we would phrase it, like you said, it's just yeah, it's not connected, or there's some there's a disconnect. You know, it's it's disjointed. It's like yeah. it's, I often say you end up with this, and because I, I will be guilty of from it, uh, of this from time to time, this consortium of sounds. Like I present to you twelve things, <laughs> but they're all. They're not, they are. Here's they're, your 12 it, things. It's like the dating game. It's like no one can yeah. see one another, you know, and I know what they want the answer to be. And the way we're going to fix that is going to be with this plugin. And that's not the answer. No, it's not. Um, and a lot of times I wonder, cause I'm with you. I'm like at this day and age, how are we still making those mixes? You know, like why does it still, if anything, it sounds like there is no gear available to people. It's like, yeah, I know, you know right? what I'm saying. So, yeah. But I you mean, know, that's not the problem. To- it goes back to, sorry to interrupt you, but it goes back to uh, when I first started mixing on, you know, live desks when I didn't have any of these tools, you know what I mean? It's like, I was lucky if I had, you know, a, a PM uh, 2000, you know, I was lucky if I had EQ uh, and then maybe a couple of gates, but like that was it. Right. And mm-hmm. so then my mixes, there was no uh, bus compression. There was no, 
uh, individual compression on channels, really. Maybe I had one or two compressors for like the lead vocal. Um, but those mixes, when I recorded them back then, sounded a little bit like that, like a little bit disjointed and not together. And mm-hmm. so in this day and age, when even a, you know, uh, a whatever, a Behringer console, a Mackie console, you know, a really low end console, sorry, Behringer and Mackie, but right. um, <laughs> a real low end console <laughs> um, has tools on it that allow you to not have a mix sound like that. So that's, that's what I'm trying to say is like in this day and age, mm-hmm. why are mixes still sounding like that? Do you mm-hmm. think? I think it's got to be, it's one of two things. It is abuse of the overabundance of, oh, you know, it's, it, it's either an abuse of, you know, plugins or just strictly on board. Like I have seen that, you know what? I've seen that more times than not in some of these mixes this year in 2020, as we find ourselves working with others and critiquing others and helping others get better and in turn helping ourselves get better. But I mean, I'm looking and it's like, every Tom is compressing eight DB. Every, like every, like everything is like, not just touching compression, but it's getting smothered, you know? And, um, so I think that does it cause that'll flatten it out quick. And that'll also make a bunch of like, it'll just make a mess of everything if there's too much. So I think it's either that, or I think something that we've spoken about here too is maybe just sort of a lack of a vision or a yeah. goal, you know, where you really, and I, I was, I was there at, at a point in my career where maybe I just, I don't know, like I shot for certain things, but maybe collectively I didn't know. I just didn't know what I was going for. So in turn, if you can hear everything, you're like, okay, I'm good when in fact you're not, you know? That's interesting. And that always brings up the point. We've talked about it before on here. It's like, maybe people don't know what sounds good. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think I really encourage you guys out there to find records um, that sound great. You know what I mean? Like, you know, um, unfortunately, you know, some, some of the records that are being released today, like I wouldn't categorize them as great sounding records, unfortunately, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So um, find records that have dynamics and, and have, um, you know, maybe someone at the helm producing it that is a real artist, Um, you know, but you know, listen, like that Billie Eilish record that came out was mm-hmm. amazing sounding. Like there's mm-hmm. amazing sounding stuff. So it's not, it has nothing to do with whether or not it's done in a bedroom or, you know, whatever. I'm mm-hmm. just saying you should study what a good record sounds like so that you can make your live mix sound like mm-hmm. that record. Right. Right. I mean, I think the key to my success has always been that I am like really good at emulating. Like I can listen to something and then say, okay, I, I want to make it sound like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting there is a, that's a whole other discussion, but it's always in my brain that that is my goal. So what you were saying earlier about not having a vision, I think that's important, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I, um, now, I'll also say this, aside from working, I worked, came home for a second, and then, thanks, COVID, uh, I had an opportunity to, quick sidebar, I've never taken a vacation in my life. I, I told you this, we'll tell the listeners, never taken a vacation. I've never done, I've never gone on a 
trip with the guys. I've never done anything because we've always been working. You know, be what careful is wrong what you with wish you. you need- <laughs> I know, I know. It's like be careful what you wish for. You know, I was yeah. just always working. So I had the ability to Good go hang out, hang out with some dudes this weekend. Everyone's tested. Everyone's COVID negative. We had our, the ability to get together, right. do this thing, blah, 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 blah. But the, while I'm there, I'm talking to these people, and they are normal people. They are not mixers. They're not in our world. And, of course, people always have questions of curiosity. And one of my buddies who's like, uh, he is a musician, and he does care a lot. And, like, part of my musical upbringing was hanging out with this dude and listening to music. And I told him, I'm like, I think about you often in these when we do these interviews, and you have to give your origin story. And I talk about how in high school I started how to learn how to listen critically to a mix and it was with this guy and I was like man I've never, I've, I was like I've never told you this but I'd say, tell this story all the time and I always think of you but I was telling him because he's like I mean I, I don't know what sounds good and I'm like yes you do yes you do and I'm like some people more than not and even to the lay person they know does this sound good does that sound yeah, good of course, yeah. of course I'm like and then just take that up the varying levels of what you're able to perceive and I said but I'll tell you this there is no light that goes off when it sounds good like you have to be the barometer and that is tough even when you have because you and I have very clear visions yet I will sometimes go is that it are we there well it's never done right you know I mean but that is the perfectionism in us Mm -hmm. but the the, there there is a level that I get to where I go okay everything is kind of all working together and this is this is sounding pretty good Mm -hmm. but that one little stupid you know, sound yeah. playback is driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. So that is a level of saying, Hey, I've gotten there, yes. um, you know, but, but you're right. It, it is never, never the same. Um, you know. but did you and your buddy, almost- when you were in high school, I'm just curious, did you guys ever discuss about sound? Like, would you listen to records together and be but like, it, it not, it was more like listen to, Because for the longest time, I just heard music as music. And I've said it a hundred times, you know, I could kind of play a few things, but I was by no means a musician. And, you know, if it wasn't, I don't know, maybe there was times when there was like a big barrage of sound and what I thought was maybe the guitar was actually being done by the bass. And that I just, with this guy, I don't know why. It was just the way we would listen. It was, we would hang out and take our brains to places where they would go as, <laughs> as youth do. Yes, and you're, you really listen deep to music. And I'm like, Oh wow. I never realized that that was a, this, or that that was a, this, or maybe it was instrumentation that I wasn't familiar with, like certain keyboards that I didn't know what they were. Right. And I just, to me, it was just, you know, that sound, you know, that sound that happens there. And he'd be like, Oh, well that's a, this or a that. So it was more like we weren't trying to get audio geeked. We were just, it just cool. kind of, now that I look back on it, I realize how formative that was. For sure. You like know? if I look, I look back on the same thing, you know, my best mm-hmm. friend, I'm still friends with him now. And we grew up together since I was three years old. And, and, um, you know, he's a, a Nevada highway patrolman. Nice. <laughs> so he doesn't know anything <laughs> about music. However, when mm-hmm. we were in high school, we would sit there and talk about you know, like he would get the new cars record and be like, you know, dude, check out this keyboard part or right. Man, that those drums sound killer, you know? And Uh those, those were discussion or like, you know, I remember specifically, um, that Genesis that, or that Phil Collins record in the air tonight, you know, that big Mm -hmm. drum thing with the flange and the huge room and the, you know, I mean, it's a really, it's a iconic, Mm-hmm. Uh, sound. Um, but I just remember like us, at, you know, being, I don't remember how old I was probably 14 or something or 15 and, and, 
uh, you know, smoking a joint and just <laughs> being like, absolutely crap. That is the most amazing sound. So, yeah. um, I, the reason I asked you is, is that, that, you know, that dude who was now, you know, yeah. a, a sergeant in the in Nevada highway patrol actually shaped what I yeah. do now. You yep. know what I mean? Like, and yep. what I listen to, yep. um, I mean, yeah, I still, I gotta tell you, like my snare drums are mm-hmm. the cars. No, absolutely. 100%. I've said on here before, I don't know if I've said it on here, but I've talked to it a bunch of times, you know, I'm a kid of the eighties and like, but I wasn't in my friend's rehearsal. I wasn't rehearsing with my friends in band practice. So like mutt laying drums, like I didn't know drums didn't sound yeah, like yeah. that. I've said that before and I say it all the time because it's true yeah, for every, yeah. you know, every sample machine. I just thought those were drums. So yeah. I too, yeah. I too aspire for the Lindrum snare, which is yeah, not yeah. even a real drum. I know, you know, but the tone of it and the way that it fits in all of it yes. is what was so amazing to me. I, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, we, <laughs> we always talk about how like, you know, nobody comes to hear the snare drum, but mm-hmm. I think both the you and I know how important the snare drum is in a forward way in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's another thing that I've noticed a bit. People sending me mixes that like the drums maybe sound right, but the snare drum is not in the same. It's like it's not even the same room yes. with the rest of the drums. Right. Um, you know, you stand in front of a, an acoustic drum kit, and the snare drum is the loudest thing that's happening. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the drummer is. Even if they're hitting lightly, the snare drum is always the loudest thing. So whenever I create a drum mix, I am taking that into account. The snare drum is the loudest thing in all of my mixes, for sure, Mm -hmm. uh, in regards to just drums. Um, Mm -hmm. And then figuring out where that snare drum lies with everything else, I think is a real skill, don't you? Absolutely. And that's why it's super hard. That's why, you know, mixing drums is such a man, that's just such a beast because you have to make those decisions. Like what's leading the way, but not yeah. leading the way too far totally. that it leaves everything behind because in theory, that is one instrument. Yep. You know, I think that's another thing too. We talk about like overuse of available, let's just say DSP, whether it's in plug-in or onboard processing or this or that. As often as people ask us uh, and as often as we talk about parallel processing, I think there's a giant abuse of that going on that lends itself to that flat, I call them flat drums, that really flat sound, you know, it's just like, what is that? It's just like, that doesn't sound right. I think, uh, I think that's it. I think that's at play a bunch too. You know, what's interesting is that before we started talking, before you started saying that I was going totally in the other direction. I was like, Mm -hmm. Some of these mixes sound so disjointed because people aren't using bus compression and aren't kind of mm-hmm. gluing things together. But I think you're right. I mm-hmm. think that now that I think about it and listen to it in that thought process, mm-hmm. um, I think that's it. I think people are overusing some of these tools. Yeah, and I wouldn't have thought that before had I not been consulting and seeing so many people's mixes. True, yeah, either. But I, I I'm, the same what I'm you. saying though what i'm saying is what i heard and thought of as too simplistic and not using bus compression truly was over compressed things so that they mm-hmm. felt disjointed mm-hmm. now that i really think about it so that's yeah. probably what's happening it's um, it's it's weird it's funny that like two things the one being just you know no no bus processing no no um what am i trying to say here no parallel you know, as it pertains yeah. to like a rhythm section is one sound, yet the extreme 
kind of replicates that sound. It too it sounds, <laughs> when you use too much of it, it starts to sound really small, yeah, you know, it it um, and it loses all its punch. Weren't we talking on here about when certain things get hit hard enough or limited enough, they kind of go backwards. Yeah, totally. You know? And they that's it. Cause a timbre change and it, and it destroys because of harmonic distortion or whatever destroys the sound of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I, I just think, um, I don't know how to teach someone this. Do you? Like, I, besides, like, go listen to records where it sounds good and try to replicate it. Because that's how I learned, I think, mm-hmm. um, listening to my favorite records and being like, well, that sounds amazing. I want to be able to have my mix sound like that. And then a lot of experimentation. You know what I mean? Like, yes. that's how yes. I got to where I am, I think. So, so how do you teach this? What do you yeah, think? I, my experience has been you quickly learn with someone, oh, they're trying. They just yeah. haven't put it together or, oh, they're trying and they're not going to put it together. In other <laughs> words, you know what I mean? And at that point, you just keep talking until the clock runs out and uh, you just be of best of service know. as you can to them. And you try to give, and you know how it is when yeah. we consult, I mean, I'll, at least for me, I will tell you exactly what I would do. I won't like beat around. I mean, if you're, no, yeah. you're paying, if you're paying me yeah. for my time and my whatever input, I will tell you exactly what I would do. And that also means here, take this yeah, and right. run with it, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it was when you, when it's clear, they're not going to get it. You're just giving them free shit. And they, Man, just get I know, I mean, I've said can. it on, I've said it on here before and we've talked about it. It's the, um, there comes to a point where I can teach a lot about the skills of how to get there, but there comes a time when I can look at a guy or a girl and just be like, mm-hmm. just don't have the, they don't have the thing. Um, mm-hmm. And, and this is kind of part of that. This is like the advanced end part of like, if you can get all this stuff to sound pretty good individually, then you're doing a great job. And this is like the, I don't know. It's like something that is inherent in you or it isn't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know what's funny as we're talking about this? So I went on that went to that trip this weekend. I rode with a buddy of mine who lives here in Athens, Georgia. And um, we're in his car and I'm like, hey, man, because there is a mix for something I've been working on. I'm like, can we check? And I checked it in my car and I wanted to check it in somebody else's car. I was like, sure. can we check this mix? And I compared it to another mix that had been done for the band in a similar regard. And, uh, you know what? I like, I like the other mix better. And I had that moment of like, Oh, but I tried. And then I had that moment of like, damn, how am I'm, you know, I'm missing the mark. What am I doing wrong? You know? And I started, I started in my own mind, blaming it on, you know, mixing in here, which is not at all, you know, soundproofed in any way and i was like yeah but you put your cans on like come on chris you just missed he just beat you so but we're, we're talking about small margins here of, of dude some of, sometimes yeah. you can't beat it like i have had literally probably three times in my career where a rough mix was better than something that we worked on for years and you know yeah. not years but i mean you know months in a studio right. you know there's a famous story about clive davis um, you know, hearing that Whitney Houston, I will always love you for the first time. And he was sent a rough mix, a rough dat, um, of, um, I'm blanking on the famous, who's the famous producer, uh, that produced that song. I honestly um, don't know who produced that. Oh man. Uh, 
I could see his face. Anyway, uh, he, he was married to a, uh, a, uh, a Beverly Hills housewife, you know, whatever's on that show. My Ooh. wife watches that, uh, Ooh. uh, Beverly Hills. Show. Yeah. Anyway, major producer dude, right. Uh, huh. puts a real quick rough mix together, puts it on a dat, ships it to him in New York. Clive Davis says he loves it. This is amazing. Thank you. You know, this is great. Um, and then that producer proceeds to spend the next two weeks like mm-hmm. building a mix at, you know, uh, Capitol in, uh, in LA, you know, spending 16 hours a day for two weeks straight to mix this one song because it was mm-hmm. the song that was going to be on that movie, uh, Bodyguard movie. Um, and he sends him that mix, sends that to Clive Davis, and he hates it. Oh, rough. And uh, in the end, they had a drawn, like full on, you know, they, they MF'd each other on the phone, like, screw you, screw you, screw you. Mm-hmm. And in the end, the song that you hear, uh, I Will Always Love You, is. No way. That's the rough? That is the rough. No way. Yep. Wow. That's an amazing sounding rough. Yep. Uh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. It's a really funny yeah. story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but I don't, you know, just with this whole topic in general, um, I'll tell you another reason why I think we find disjointed mixes now, uh, which what we're talking about here is like, we want to hear a musical mix. We want to hear a, a, a musical mix that everything's kind of holding hands together in the right way. Um, another thing too, that's going on is I think some artier people, I can't remember which one's the creative side, the left brain, the right brain, but whichever side of the brain that is, those side brain people are getting shoved out in a lot of places, audio wise, and the techier people are getting in because they're more interested in setting up the console and in wiring the network and in doing this. So we're getting a lot more tech minded people in artistic roles I got it. That sounds so damning. And I'm sorry, folks, if you, <laughs> if you just realized you fall under that heading. But um, yeah, God, I mean, that, I mean this in the best way. I'm no, just saying, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. you know I'm, what I mean? Absolutely. So I, I you're think. essentially getting the AV guy. You're getting the AV guy that is now in the mixer role. Yeah, yeah. More so than the mixer that's in the mixer role. And so we're well, getting I, mixes I, that sound like that. Yeah, I, I think that has um, the entire industry has shifted to that. You know, there used to be a true artistry in being a producer or a, um, you know, an engineer. Um, mm-hmm. There was like, you know, um, years and years of experience and watching, you know, being, um, you know, w- watching the best do their thing. You know, that's, I came up in that in watching some of the best engineers in the world do their thing. And I learned from them, you know, and now it's all weirdly disjointed, right? Like there are people are just, they bought a laptop and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, some pro tools and now, you know, you got on YouTube and now you're a mixer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, Unfortunately, and I hate to sound like the old, you know, fuddy dud, but it's like I, I think some of the artistry has been lost, um, and that, and that's why I keep saying, like, go back and listen to records that have that artistry on them. Um, you know, it's interesting. As I was just talking, I, I, I remembered this weekend I watched um, on Netflix right now. There's an Alicia Keys songwriters thing it's like 30 minutes long and it's her talking about writing a song um with a couple of other 
uh, songwriters mm-hmm. and in it they kind of break the mix down and like um show some components that are in it um and you guys should all go check that out because there's some stuff in the mix that is like felt stuff like real low um you know loopy stuff that's Mm -hmm. definitely in there like you know when you listen to the overall picture you can just barely pick it out but without it being there and there's a couple examples that she shows without that piece of that mix being there and in the right place the mix just doesn't work Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe that is something that you guys can go check out and see kind of what we're talking about. It's like, there's important components to your mix that help it to make it, you know, be something amazing. And as you were speaking, or just a second ago, I started thinking, I'm like, well, we need to, we should, we should like try to work towards an answer to, I think we've, we're, you know, we're dissecting, I'm glad you came back around to that. So what does make a good mix is essentially yeah. where, where we're headed. Um, we talk about how easy it is or how common it is, maybe because it is easy to make a disjointed mix. But one, a thing to me that allows, and it's the hardest thing, the thing to me that like, so, okay, guys, so then what does make the mix work better? I think it has so much to do with the bass guitar and the low end in general because it is way easy when we talk about these little individual pieces of this mix that don't have anything to do with one another if you plop them on this on this bass yeah suddenly they kind of represent you know they're just more they're they're sitting on something and they have their it's they're not just floating in space on their own you know, but it's hard. And, and of course we got to realize listening to board tapes too, you know, if the bass, it's so hard if the bass is too loud, you know, from the yeah. stage and you're carving around it or this and that, but that's a one that's, 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 that to me is a way to kind of, well, how do you make it gel? Well, get the low end to gel first, get, get the low end to gel. Um, I think and that's then great you advice. Can, yeah. you, then you can plant all these individual items. Then we can work on smearing them together. You know, then we can start working on reverb or more distortion or compression or these sorts of things. So, you know, I, uh, one of my uh, professors at Berkeley College of Music um, used to talk about a mix conceptually and a mix being a a potted plant, a potted flower. And that, you know, the guitars and the vocals and, you know, all this stuff that you're talking about is the flower part of the plant. But Mm -hmm. that part can't be there without the base, without the base and the roots of it. That's excellent. um, Of that plant, there's not going to be any flowers. So get the roots part right and the bottom part of the the plant um, right. And then the rest of it, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, makes it. So I I think you're absolutely right that, um, you know, uh, the low end is a, is an important, important factor for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, um, I was trying to think what other advice we could give. Um, I think that maybe some people, um, don't conceptually really grasp the, every instrument, I make compromises in the overall sound of individual instruments in order for everything to work. So for instance, if you were to solo up one of my guitars by itself, it might not sound all that great. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It might be kind of 
maybe some of the low end is missing, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, whatever it is. You solo it up, and it is definitely like we would be like, oh, that's a, not a great guitar tone. But in the midst of all of it is what it mm-hmm. works. And so I think people miss that. Like they try to make every single individual instrument sound great, Mm. and then throw it all together on the master bus. Yes. Um, and that just doesn't work. So th- it's the compromise part that I think people miss. Is that mm-hmm. something, that's definitely something you do, right? Yeah, and I think that too would be maybe an abuse. Of course, we talk a lot about soloing because we do solo, but we'll solo with purpose. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that too is maybe, you know, if you're building with the advent of tracking now, specifically, you go back and listen. Well, if you sit there and you're just pulling up one thing at a time and you're making it gargantuan, you know, that's not a mix because you oh, can't put all those together. It's going to fall apart. So listening in context is so incredibly important. I too know that feeling of, it's almost like if you do like, I, you know, like if I, if I like every now and again, I'll line check in the PA, it's usually all just in cans for reasons we talked about. But if I do pull it up, there's some inputs and I pull it up and I'm just like, no, this doesn't sound that great on its own. I know. This is, you know, <laughs> but I know in context. And again, that's what I was talking about with my buddy going back in the day where I couldn't pick out sometimes, where if I heard a big strum on a guitar, well, what really made all the power in the mix was the accompanying note of the bass guitar. Exactly. And when they, you know, and that's what I was saying. As a kid, I didn't know how to pick those out, or I was just learning how to pick them out. And uh, as a mixer, you need to know how to do that. So, for instance, if that's happening, I'm with you, man. My guitars will get high-passed so that the bass guitar has a place to live. Totally. But knowing that they're going to work in conjunction together, yep. you know, um, so yes, I think that's probably a big part of it is, is listening in solo too much and then just expecting it all to fit together, you know? Yeah. Um, I think of it too, just if this helps anybody, sometimes I think of what's happening like mixing paint. Mm-hmm. So if you take a really neon blue and a really neon green and mix them together, you end up with this horrible brown, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? So right. it's subtlety of the paint when mixed together makes an amazing color, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not about the individual colors. It's about when you're mixing stuff together, you're, you're shooting for that incredible color when the 32 colors get mixed together. Right. Uh, That's, that's really kind of what I think in my brain conceptually, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, it's weird. I think color, I don't know why, maybe, uh, I'd love to draw. So maybe that's it. Um, Mm -hmm. but like, I'll look at a guitar and, and think of it as, well, I need to make that. I hate this. I'm going to say this and people are going to go, Oh, like what? Like Van Halen. But Mm. no, I, I think of and look at a guitar and be like, Oh, that that needs to be a bit more Brown. If that's Uh something, you know what I mean? It needs Uh to be a a bit more low past, you know, Mm -hmm. all the brightness out of it and high past up, you know, to kill, to make some space for the bass guitar. Um, and, and so that's how I think about that is that, color needs to be dull or you know whatever yes Um, i'm just trying to give people you know examples of kind of what's going on in our head Mm -hmm. when we're doing stuff but the hard part is like what we talked about before um i have been in many situations where i have been mixing i've touched something done something and someone that was watching me will say wow that fixed like everything all of a sudden the mix came together how did you know to do that Mm -hmm. and my answer like nine times out of ten is like 
I, I don't know how mm-hmm. I knew to do that. I just knew that it needed that. And so that is, um, that's the hardest thing to teach. How do you teach someone that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have a, uh, I have a friend she, uh, who recently she's, you know, we talk about work, this or that. And she's like, you know, I still don't know what you do. I don't understand. <laughs> and, and particularly now I'm like, yeah, cause I don't do it anymore. But I, um, clearly so awesome. we do. I know. Do but do? I'm like, well, I'm like, put it this way. Like I have a bunch of ingredients and I have to like cook a meal that is like pleasing and palatable and yeah. maybe even very enjoyable, you know? And it's like, if I, and they, everyone can get that. I'm like, if there is too much paprika in anything, yeah. it's, it's all wrong. It's yeah, all wrong. True. It only takes too much of one of those. Yeah, I'm like, true. but it's finding the balance in all of those. And I'm like, but I do it on like a musical level with musical instruments. Does that kind of make sense? And she's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I know it does. Yeah. And, um, again, we got to remember, we're talking about a mix, not a presentation of sounds, you know, it's yeah, not a right, parade right. of sounds. It is a mixture of sounds. And that mix is supposed to equal music. We yes. forget that we're so mix driven, mix driven, mix driven. No, we're supposed to be making music with the mix for sure. You know? yeah. So, but it's a tough one, man. I don't know that everyone is supposed to be able to get it. If they could, it wouldn't be, you know, that's true. I mean, there is artistry to this. And so, um, yeah, I mean, but we're trying to get people to get the best that they can out of, you know, mm-hmm. out of themselves yeah. um, really, um, and achieve something, um, that most people, think sounds good mm-hmm. um so i don't know try all those things <laughs> yeah um but but i think um when you mix have that in the forefront of your brain of like okay yeah my drums sound great and my bass sounds great and my guitar sounds great but when i put them all together it's kind of just okay mm-hmm. well that's not okay like figure mm-hmm. it out like figure out you know how to dull up the guitar or emphasize the whatever in the drums to make all of that work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so. And you said it earlier. I was happy to hear you say the word compromise. I mean, it really yeah, is. It is a compromise. Paul. You make compromise because you're not getting graded on those individual elements. Again, you're getting right. creative on the whole output. Yeah, um, so. definitely. Um, cool. Um, one other subject that a lot of uh, people are still – um, whenever I consult with them are like, I just got a DM, um, from a guy that hired me, um, wanted me to explain to him, um, why I don't mix subs on an aux. Mm -hmm. And so I know we've addressed this and I know we've talked about it, but the, like the question keeps keeps coming coming up. up. I know. Um, and, and so I don't know, I don't know how to be more clear about, you know, our, both of ours opinion about that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, neither one of us mix subs on an OGS and, and there's a, a, f- a few reasons why Chris, mm-hmm. why don't you kick off reason number one and I'll, I'll take it from there. How about I that? mean, I think, and maybe reason number one, it might change every time this has come up really, but it's like the first thing I think is I just, just mix like just mix and in just mix, what I mean by that is if you're having to think about the subs on an aux thing all the time, that's pulling you out of. You're, you're thinking about subs in a disjointed kind of a way. And you're as if they're this separate. Them. Yeah, no, I want. So what this causes you to do, though, is to have to backtrack and to look at the system 
you know, a little heavier. So we want it where we, we know the system, we trust in the system and that when I pull an input up, I just shape it tonally that I, as I need to, I don't also think in this like damage control way of subs on an ox. And some people will say, well, there's, and, they, and then they're quickly going to pour in with all the reasons. Well, nothing ensures, you know, less low end, unneeded, low end frequency content where it shouldn't be blah, 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 That's blah. That's completely, uh, that is a, a complete bullshit statement. It, it's just, it's too much guys. It's just, yeah. it's too much. And there's a reason that you don't, there's a reason that if you ask the majority of, and I don't even want to say higher end mixers, but maybe really good mixers that you know that they probably don't do it. You know, it no, just gets, it just gets, it's, I don't know. Like I'm not even giving you an answer. It's because I'm so tired of answering the question <laughs> is why. It, it, that's why. I it's, know, but we have to keep answering but, it because but we people have, keep asking us, you know what I mean? I don't know if it's it. that they haven't seen our previous videos or whatever. Uh -huh. um, but, but listen, guys, all right, there are some technical reasons why not to do it, all right? Yes. One of them is... Yeah, we can get into those. Yeah. One of them is that if you are sending stuff from individual channels, depending on what plugins you have on those individual channels the latency of those channels are different. So now you, there's all this time stuff that you're messing with when you're coming from mm -hmm. individual sourced subsend, as mm -hmm. opposed to a all aligned mix that mm -hmm. is then sent to left, right, and sub. That's mm -hmm. aligned and they're all in a line before you even talk about making sure that the subs are in alignment with the system. I'm talking about your mix being in full alignment. If you are sourcing your stuff from individual channels, you're not doing that. You are, no. you're playing with face. Right. Um, and so that alone makes mm -hmm. me not want to do it. Right. Um, uh, the part, part of the other, you know, examples of why not to do it are from my perspective, I use subs as an extension, okay? So they're an extension of the already in the low end part of the PA. And I like some things to kind of just touch that crossover point mm -hmm. so that they're in the low end of the PA, but they're also just a little bit in the sub. And mm -hmm. the only way to do that is with a high pass filter. You cannot decide to send only a little bit of the snare drum at, a good point at full eq mm -hmm. um a full eq'd send of it if you if you know what i mean mm -hmm. if, if, with the high pass filter i can just let it scooch a little bit into the sub and you know for instance like a snare drum sometimes the bottom of snare drum i let scooch into a 60 hertz crossed over sub so mm -hmm. it gets a little bit of that 50 sometimes if it needs mm -hmm. it if it needs that um, mm -hmm. the bottoms of guitars, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, getting that crossover point and getting the bass guitar right is managed, um, oftentimes with a high pass filter. You know, I almost always, um, never take a bass guitar and not have some sort of high pass filtering going on. Mm -hmm. and remember guys, this is a high pass filter allows it doesn't, it's not a brick yeah. wall filter. It's not infinite, not even at 24 or 48. No, exactly. So you mm -hmm. are allowing frequencies past the crossover point to happen. So when mm -hmm. it says 63 on your high pass filter, there's still 50, 40, maybe even a little bit of 30, you know, it just depends right. on whatever the filter is. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
anyway, those are two examples from my perspective. Well, and I just, as you're talking, cause I realized my answer was such a poopy pants, like, God, just shut up. Just don't do it. But, uh, <laughs> Which is not it's an answer. True, though. It's I, true. I want to scream at people. Don't it's just six do months it. into explaining this, or just do it and quit asking and expecting <laughs> me to. Like, I'm not going to validate your. Just do it, yeah. and if it works, then don't. You don't. I'm not telling you you're wrong. Like, That's just, true. Listen. I, you know? Yeah. I mean, hey, if you get a good result, I don't care how you get there. And That's I really the truth. don't care. And in fact, one of the mixes that I heard most recently on an on-site consulting thing, uh, he had subs on an ox, but he did it in the grown-up way and that they were all derived from like groups and, and things. Okay. However, however, in doing that, so he did it that way, right? Which means yeah. it was essentially the same as not doing subs at all. And they were all at zero, you know? Um, cause subs on an ox can mean a number of things. It can mean when I want the sub sourced from this, whatever individual input, it's at zero. Like there's no variable. Then there's the guys that have like zero negative 12. Well, let me put a little in my tongue. That's what I'm talking about. I know. And it's that all of that is just too much. And here's the deal too. It, it ropes you into a, a you know, it, it puts you in a corner because let's say you're, you've got your, your drums and they're just drums. They don't go in any buses. They just all go to the left, right? Cool. Send your subs from those individual channels, whatever they might be. You know, what happens then on the day that you decide, you know what, man, I'm going to start, I'm going to start grouping some stuff or I'm going to get into some parallel stuff. It's just another step that you have to unwind from your, for what, and that's what you were saying. Cause now if I'm sending my kick from, if I'm sending the subs from kick one, from kick one, it's only, not getting the bus compression. Only it's, kick one is now out of time over yes. here and That's it's right. all going at one time. This is going another time. The shit's smeared. It's all lost, you know? Yeah. And now you can know that and you know to step out of it and, and to work your way out of it. But it's almost just like, why, you know, it's why so do you more work? Like I don't, you know, and we talk about mixing records and stuff like if on the, the best, the best way you can have it as a live mixer is that where you really do just walk in and mix as though you're in the studio and no one's printing a sub bus Nope. In the studio, you know, and again, not that we have to do whatever they do, but there's a reason because they're just mixing music. And we have so many things in our world that kind of aren't mixer-esque. It's nice when we get to do the things that are mixer-esque. So quit wasting your time on all these other things that are just, it's just too much, you know? It's um, funny. It's funny that you said that because I had a guy recently that DM'd me about, um, um, about, about that, like asking me how, to he's like i have you know subs on an augs how do i get that same bus compression that i have of the parallel compression of the drums and like my answer was you don't you don't <laughs> and for guys that are and, yeah. and i gotta be honest y'all are the favorite that are watching on here are the people that you're not working on sd7s you're not working right. on pm whatevers or l500s or s6ls you're working on blah 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 does blah 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 have the ability to send from a group to a <laughs> sub to, or to a probably not probably not so quit whoever told you <laughs> or, or stick with it one of the two yeah. you know but and my stick. argument is to get to know high pass filters and make them your friend yeah and you will actually discover that the you know this argument about how you know sub information is so much cleaner if you send it from individual channels mm. is will go out the window it will once 
once you understand how high pass filters work and how you can control that crossover point between sub and low end of the PA uh, using high pass filters. Right. Yeah. And, and also at the end of the day, like whatever your gold standard shows that you've heard in your life that were done, particularly nowadays, if you're, I don't know, whatever, let's just say you're, you're dialed in, you go see modern shows like large scale shows, you know, Um, you're probably not hearing subs on an ox on those shows. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And did you, was there any part of you that went, Ooh, there's some bit of sub information that should no, you did not because they were a good mixer that knew how to use high pass filters and they had a good system that was properly tuned, you yeah. know? So, um, yeah. And in even having said that I, the other direction, even if you have the, the worst tools in the world, uh, you know, a four channel mixer and PA mm-hmm. on a stick with a single sub, I would still argue with you that you will get a better result by not trying to send individual channels to yeah. the sub. Now, that being said, I can't think of anything worse than if you were stuck. Now I'm thinking about consoles of yesteryear, like we did on on one, where, but we still pulled it off then, you yes. know, where there was yeah. like a 60 hertz or maybe an 80 hertz engaged 12 dB per octave. I mean, that is asking for it, but that's when you get into like, well, then use the low shelf on your EQ, you know? Right. Like, um, yeah, in combination, I would do that a lot. Um, yes, you know, the low shelf part of it and the high pass filter and the high pass to get that curve. Yeah, right, right, land. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, and and again, guys, we're you know, if it works for you, then cool. Mm-hmm. But you know, you asking me to tell you that it's cool, <laughs> right? Like, I, you know, I, I know I, I'm not going to say it's cool because it's not what I do. But I mean, hey, if it works for you, then then great, right? So since we've been kind of talking about you know our experiences with uh, you know people hiring us to uh, consult on their things, um, you know we're coming to the end here. But let's talk a little bit uh, about you know when we when we consult when you and I consult, we not only ask for the board mix or the left and right of whatever they have going on, but we ask them for their file to mm-hmm. kind of look and see if we see something weird, mm-hmm. um, what are, what are uh, some things that you've noticed? Yep. I get you um, here. I got, I got you. I got you. Uh, yes. I already know where you're going with this. I will see a lot of times where, okay, we're talking about a mix here. And in fact, I just mentioned this, we're just talking a second ago about subs on an ox. And I said, we've got so many other things going on that kind of take us out of art mode in bell or relish in the fact that you can just be a mixer. Right. And so one thing I'll see is I'll start noticing that every input is cut really heavy right around 2k or something like that. And what that needs to tell you, what you need to start to learn how to look, it's almost like when you took a test as a kid and you're like, yeah, there's no way they could all be C. You know, you're like, you're, you're aware something is wrong, right? So be aware something's wrong when you've cut every single input at 2K. And what that means is there is a problem upstream or downstream, depending on how you look at it. There's a problem system-wide. And actually be kind of happy about that because what that means is, if I correct this on the system end, then I can put all this back 
And that band of EQ can now maybe be used in a more creative way as opposed, as opposed to like a damage control sort of, sort of thing. Um, so less, less phase shift over individual and, instruments right. over, it, you know. It, totally. Yeah, yeah. Particularly if you're applying all that EQ to that. That's a great point. If you're applying all of that EQ over and over and over and over and over again to various degrees, it's just smear. There's so much phase smear at that point. That's a wonderful, that's a fantastic point. So the answer to that is that basically what I'm seeing a lot and it sounds like you have too is i'll see where there's clearly a system problem because otherwise there's no reason every input needs to be cut at 890 hertz over and over and over and over again yeah. so start to learn look around be skeptical or be just be observant be like huh should i do that everywhere probably not you know so there's probably a reason so again know that we're working in a world where there are there are two there's there's two worlds here there's the pa and there's the mix we want to make sure they're both great so they meet, meet together off they go. And then we get to just mix, which is the whole point of this. It should be the most fun part of all of this is the mixing part, you know? Yeah, that's right. You, um, you see well, that, you see the over the comment, like you see where stuff's cut way too much. Absolutely. I, what I always say is uh, if you see extremes happening with anything, compression, EQ, whatever, if you are having to take a device to its extreme, mm -hmm. then usually there's something wrong and it leads me to investigate. So when someone sends me a file, uh, you know, where there's like weird boosts and like whole shelves of high-end crank 12 dB um, and, you know, whatever, um, a, a dynamic compressor, you know, just, mm -hmm. I mean, buried, you know, threshold all the way up. Mm -hmm. um, I, I start to say there's something wrong here and it may be the system, uh, maybe that individual input, something's wrong. Like maybe it's a DI that's gone bad. So mm -hmm. there's no high end happening mm -hmm. in that DI. And instead of changing the DI out, you're, you have this shelf at 4k at 12 dB to try right. to make up, you know, the, the high end. I always tell people, it's like, if you are having to do extremes, then for me, I always investigate when, when mm -hmm. I have to do something that's extreme, then I go, something's not right. Let's figure out what's happening. Yeah. Whatever that is, move the microphone, check right. the DI, maybe the line is half line, you know, all of those things. So whenever I see that in a file, um, mm -hmm. definitely, mm -hmm. definitely there's something. something High there. gains make me make my, make a little alert go off for me too. Like if I see gains that are at three o'clock or greater, I'm like, eh, something's not right there. You know, either they're giving you low level that in turn you're cranking it up and it's going to be noisy. Or like you said, it's, it's uh, you know, half line. I don't know that one legged or it's, you know, yeah. It's something like that. It's whenever we're doing line check or re starting with inputs, if I have that gain knob starts creeping, once it gets past about one o'clock, I start getting worried because once we get to like three o'clock, what happens when it corrects? You know, <laughs> then that shit is, yes. woof, I mean, that's 20 oh. dB louder or something. So um, yeah, look for these things and also look for uh, if your, let's say your monitor sends, like you're running front of house, you're running monitors from front of house and all of those monitor sends are at like plus 12. I just can't get it. Let, something's wrong somewhere. You know, something is wrong. Yeah. Your gain, your gain staging somewhere is off. We should exist in a, you, everything should live in a pretty logical place, yeah. you know? But what you brought up is an interesting thing. There is kind of a compromise, the compromise word again. Um, when you are mixing monitors from front of house 
oftentimes I find that the overall individual gain for me is a little bit hotter. Mm -hmm. And then to make it right at front of house, a lot of times I'll have to turn some busing down from zero to, you know, like minus three to make it work in front of house, but have the right gains for the sends to monitors. There's Mm -hmm. kind of a, there's a delicate balance there um, uh, that I find, uh, you know, I have to mess with, but, but Mm -hmm. what we're talking about is extremes, right? Yes. Like you said, three o'clock gain is like something's up. Right. And particularly like repeated, like consistent, like there's a lot of extremes everywhere. You've done yes, it time and time right, and time right. again. An individual know. input, you might be like, oh, man, maybe it is that way. But That's my weird one. Yeah. If the whole, mm-hmm. the whole desk is showing yeah. that trend, then yeah. yeah, something's up. Someone I was, uh, again, go back to my, I'm glad that my vacation could come up so often, but <laughs> we're driving. Well, you we're took driving, a vacation for the very first time. I did. Already. So yeah. now I'm talking about it. So we're driving back today and, um, and my buddy, I think we were talking about, uh, we were talking about relationships and I was basically just saying, you know, and I, of course I quickly made some comparison to, to, you know, our world. And what it was, was like, when you go see a show, a lot of people will be like, well, how'd it sound? How'd it sound? How'd it sound? And, and let, I, I hope that I can be like, man, awesome. Or you know what? Really good. But a lot of times my answer, and I mean this, I'm not just being polite or being kind of a little snooty, you know, with a little preface, but I'm like, well, you know, I wasn't the one driving, you know? And I basically was saying it's the same way in relationships. Like it's hard to judge someone else's relationship because unless <laughs> you're in it, you don't know. And it's the same way with uh, show files. Or if you're, or, or someone's mix as a whole, you don't really know until you get some, you need more information. I need yeah, more information. Totally. And that's something like in this situation where it'd be like, Hey, have you noticed that you're doing this time and time again? If they have noticed and they haven't done anything about it, then they should have maybe been more aware. But if not, yeah. then, then it's kind of like an aha moment. Like, Oh wow. Yeah, no, I just, I've been so in the thick of it. I lost reference and I didn't realize I was doing that everywhere. So it's easy for these mistakes to happen for them to creep right. up on you know, I think especially, you know, you and I, uh, during this time, most of the consulting that we're doing is house of worship. So people are sending us files from house of worship and mm-hmm. think about that. There maybe is a guy that sits there every Sunday and he's been working on that file, digging mm-hmm. into that file for years, maybe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he may have, he or she may have dug themselves a hole that they're not aware that they've dug. Um, and so, uh, that's when I feel particularly glad that I can help them and point those little things out, you know, Mm -hmm. um, be like, Oh, you know, have you noticed the trend of this, you know, what's happening? Um, Yeah. so, uh, those are all things that you guys can all look, you know, in your own mixes and evaluate in your own way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, maybe try to step out of the mixer role for a second and kind of look at the big picture of what's happening and be like, Oh man, I have gone down this hole. Uh, (laughs) I've been in this hole for a while now and I need to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that is the benefit. We talked about that before. It's like, you know, there are some times where, you know, I've gone back in time two months ago in shows because I have for two months buried myself um, in shows. Um, So we do it too. Yeah. And it's the benefit of outside observation. Yeah. You know, if somebody coming in and go, Oh no, you're crushing it, man. But blah, 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 blah. And you're saying, I never noticed that. 
So. Well, I think we've run out of time. Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Hopefully, um, we just uh, gave away all our secrets that we charge for. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great, good one, guys. Great. Uh, great. No, I mean, uh, hopefully, you're able to uh, to uh, gain a bunch of knowledge from those things. And and um, thanks a lot for tuning in. Hey, don't forget to contact your local representatives about our industry. Um, unfortunately, the Restart Act was not included in the latest kind of uh, release of money or, or voting, voting about money uh, mm -hmm. in Congress. Uh, the Restart part of that, which would have focused on our part of our industry, uh, did not get included. Um, so again, we're being ignored. Our, you know, 11 million of us are being ignored. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the only way is to just keep hitting your local representatives um you know pretty much on a weekly basis i send an email to my local representatives going help you know mm -hmm. need help um, yeah. and uh hopefully uh you guys are staying safe and we can get through this and um we'll see you uh guys on the next one thanks for tuning in see you everybody